You're listening to Tech Talk Central. So, this is Yannis Rizopoulos broadcasting for Tech Talk Central from Athens Science Festival. And we have the pleasure of talking with Michael Michalis, because he's Greek origin, Michalis Bletsas. Glad to have you here today with us. Thank you very much, Yannis. And I have a, a question. The first question is about the connectivity because that's the theme, the main, the subject of your speech here at the Athens Science Festival. Today, almost half of the world is connected. That means the other half has no access to the internet. What we will do about this digital divide? Also, being the poorer part of the global population, do they have the means for it? It doesn't matter whether they have the means or not. Uh, connectivity is what makes us humans. Mm-hmm. If uh, You go back, if you could go back at the early presence of uh, human life on this planet, the thing that really distinguishes us from other forms of complex life, and there are a lot, it's not thinking, it's not organization, it's the fact that we can create mental constructs in our brain, assign a value to it, communicate that value and organize around that value. Social networking around God, around uh, money, around democracy. Hunting at that time. It's not hunting. It's, it's not everybody hunts. All animals hunt. <laughs> Nobody, not other animals created God. Nobody created law. Nobody created money. Mm-hmm. All these are mental constructs. And in order for them to have the value that drives people to organize behind mm-hmm. them, you need to communicate them. Mm-hmm. So... I don't think there is anything more human than communication. So if we want to help everybody, and we're in it, what the recent things, uh, the recent developments on our planet tells us is that we are all in it together. We have uh, problems that we cannot just ignore right now and sell it somebody else's. Uh, it's everybody's, and we have to make joint efforts. Um, there is no other way to make those joint efforts unless everybody has the mean to communicate at an, to communicate at an equal basis. Mm-hmm. So it is our duty to help these people and use our experience and help them wherever they can and uh, to develop those capabilities. Nobody should stay behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, they do need it. But it's not a philosophical question. Uh, you, you are talking to somebody who was making $100 laptops for kids in countries where people make question. a few dollars per month. So obviously I believe that they need it. Uh, uh, I don't think that they should come at the expense of something else. But we should also not be serial in our thinking. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that we should do things in stages. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I mean, my graduate school was about parallel processing and we need to do some parallel processing to fill these basic needs as long as we recognize them as such. In my opinion, there, you know, communication, access to the internet is as important as having clean water, electricity, food, uh, stable food supply, etc., etc. So that there is no greater waste for humanity than treating kids who have exactly the same capabilities when they come to this world totally different. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. But how can we deliver? I would like a comment on the various proposals, let's say the ones by Google or Facebook, on offering access to the last billion. Do you think that all these strange schemes and ideas, balloons, satellites, may succeed one day in the foreseeable future? And how? Well, we will never going to know if we don't try. Yeah. So, will they all succeed? Probably not. Uh, will they have some very positive effects, even just as showing the value of having these people connected? For sure. Will they become the dominant solution for providing connectivity? Probably not. Or the complementary solution. Uh, they will become the early stage solution. Mm -hmm. But I think that most of the people at the end of the day, uh, you know, they will become the connectivity solution for the very remote places mm -hmm. where you really can justify the cost of providing uh, something more normal, like you know, some it's kind of fiber yes. going to that yes. place and yes. then having a local distribution network. Mm -hmm. And you know, satellites uh, have their issues too. I mean, mm -hmm. we know how to do it with a satellite, but it's expensive and essentially provides a second rate internet experience due to latency issues. Mm -hmm. So what these companies are trying to do, with the drones especially and the lasers, is provide a fiber in the sky kind mm -hmm. of platform, mm -hmm. yes. which I think I'm, I'm looking, I'm very interested to see the results. It's a very early stage, mm -hmm. but the important thing is that they are trying. Okay. So uh, marketing dimensions aside, I think it's a very positive thing. Do I think that this is going to be the solution. They are going to change the way we do internet access in the developing world. No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. But we really have to try to lower the cost for the for uh, last billion, yes. especially. Yes, yes. Uh, internet access, I think, is only a part of the broader picture, which is uh, telecommunications. For many years, we have had two poles, fixed and wireless communications, which either compete against each other or complement each other. For decades, we have been building infrastructures for both of them. Fiber and 4 or 5G nowadays are the big stars. Which one do you think serves better our digital future? It seems uh, their role and importance changes from time to time according to trends, uh, to fashion, and of course, needs. Well, first of all, uh, all communications these days are internet communications. Mm -hmm. It seems that internet-style communication swallow everything. Mm -hmm. Everything happens over the internet. That's the essence, that's the quality, the essential quality of the internet that can support all forms of communication, even forms of communication that we don't know about yet. That's the important quality about it. So let's put that aside. Also, let's put aside the wireless versus wired. And I think a better way to describe those are fixed versus mobile fixed. at this point. Also, we have to keep in mind what has started happening in the 90s, essentially, and it's almost complete right now. If you go back in the 90s, we had a total flip view of the world. Namely, all long-range communications were wireless and all short-range communications were wired. This situation has flipped. Uh, many attribute that actually to Nicolas Negroponte, and they call mm -hmm. it the Negroponte switch. We should mention that. Uh, anyway, it has happened mm -hmm. already, and it's happening more and more. And uh, the telephone companies where they used to have separate fixed and mobile arms, they realized that now with 5G, in order for 5G to deliver, 
we need a lot of very small range antennas. These antennas are not going to be connected with each other wirelessly. Yes. You need a very mm-hmm. distributed and dense wired infrastructure mm-hmm. to connect those antennas together. It's going to be fiber. You might see developments like fiber going all the way to the antennas, essentially. Mm-hmm. Calling RF and having just a media converter in the antenna. So I think that things are converging and there is not going to be either or. Mm-hmm. It's going to be both and depending on the device and where we need to access and jack into the network, we're going to use wider wireless. Neither of them is going away. Both of them are expanding. Okay. Okay. Uh, another question, another section. Uh, you have studied electrical engineering uh, at Greece, mm-hmm. uh, at Aristotelian University mm-hmm. of Thessaloniki. But uh, you are living and working in the States for many years, mm-hmm. almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know both worlds, Europe and America. Could you make a comparison of the strategies and policies about their digital future? And also, do you think that they can stand against China in the long run? We can definitely. We have nothing to worry about China. Uh, the U.S. much more than Europe. Mm-hmm. If Europe doesn't uh, follow the lead of the U.S., if the European integration project doesn't proceed, and we're having a hard time right now, as you know, uh, We have no chance against China. If we integrate and we pull our resources together, we have nothing to worry. Mm -hmm. Institutionally, Mm -hmm. we are way ahead. One of the most important books of uh, political economy in the past few years is Why Nations Fail. I like that book because In the conclusions, he explains, uh, Atzemoglu and Robinson explain very well why we don't have anything to worry. As long as we keep being ahead in our institutions and the maturity of our institutions, having exclusive versus extractive societies, it is very easy to go from zero to five. Mm-hmm. It becomes more difficult to go from 5 to 500, it becomes increasingly more difficult mm-hmm. to go from 500. It's the law of large numbers. And mm-hmm. as far as institutions are concerned, we're way ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chinese are very top-down, and uh, up to now they haven't shown okay. the, as you said, the institutional maturity that should have come with their financial project progress. They are very smart people mm-hmm. and they might do it. And very assisted. Well, there are a lot. I don't know. I mean, we will see. The verdict is still out. Up to this point, I haven't seen that institutional maturity. If you look at advanced economies, the very progressed economies, all, with the exception of one, which is not really a country, it's a city-state, a very mature liberal democracies. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is a very strong correlation there. So if China wants to play in the same league, they have to become the same. Mm-hmm. Nobody has done it at the scale of China. So yes. they have a mountain ahead of them. Yes. So I don't think we have to worry about that in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, never know. Never, never, never know. Yes. Uh, about our lifetime, not yes. that. <laughs> I will bet money because when I went to the U.S., 
the whole rage there was how the Japan was going to swallow them yes. as a whole. So I've heard the story before. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need very strong institutions that support liberal, inclusive policies. These things do not exist in China. Mm-hmm. In Europe, we lack size. The problem is our size and our differences. We tend to emphasize our differences over what holds us together. And we have to really change that yes, yes, in the future. Sure. And put some more money on R&D. I don't think we are putting, we are putting more money on R&D as a European Union than the US. I don't know the number. You, you caught me off guard. But I don't think the problem is there. The problem is the way we are putting the money into R&D. And because of the size of the market mm-hmm. and the size of the players, we have a hard time commercializing that R&D. We are very good in basic research. We are actually ahead of the U.S. right now in basic research. Uh, the U.S. during especially the Bush years turned back their clock mm-hmm. by a lot in basic research. They saw no value in basic research. The U.S. went away. You know, they don't have a CERN. They are not looking into fusion seriously okay. as much that's as we do. Yes, that's right. Okay, so no, it's not that. But they have a huge advance, uh, advantage sorry, in commercializing. Yes. It's a bigger market, they, one set of rules, one set of rules, one language. Yes. So American companies are ahead. Yes, that's it. And uh, last question. You were one of the founding members of One Laptop Per Child Initiative at Media Lab under Nicolas Negroponte. I always wanted to know what the benefits of that pioneering project were. After so many years, we may look at it with critical eye. Have those devices actually helped the young people, the recipients, to start a new life? Have they opened new roads for them? And also, this device, XO, was it really the prototype, let's say, the prelude for the millions of tablets we're using nowadays? Well, let's take it one step at a time. Uh, Back in 2005, when that uh, project was starting, and we were keeping things relatively, you know, uh, low Low key. Low-profile, I'd love to... uh, I was very happy to be coming to Greece and discuss these things in the open because when you discuss them in Greek, it's sort of like encrypting them. I mean, they become much smaller. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the reach becomes much smaller. So, but then I was saying that I would be very happy if people, you know, a few years down the road start mimic- mimicking yes. uh, us. And we had two things that we're saying. One was one-to-one computing with the kids that we should match kids to computing devices, which was back then, even back then, was not a done deal. And the other thing that computing was too expensive without any real reason behind it, because Moore's law was pushing prices down, and prices were not going down fast enough at the product Mm -hmm. level. I think we succeeded in both those regards. Uh, After one laptop per child, nobody talks about anything else than one-to-one computing with kids at schools and education. Did we push the prices down? Oh, yeah, we did. In a way, yes. Uh, Did we create the laptops? No. The tablets? No. Uh, Steve Jobs created the tablet. Mm -hmm. He should take the credit for that. 
it wasn't us. It wasn't Bill Gates, it wasn't us, it was Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. It was his insistence on the finger interface mm -hmm. that created the tablet. And he was right and everybody else was wrong. Uh, did we change the life of kids? Oh yeah, we did yeah. change the life of kids, especially in Uruguay, especially in Peru, in rural Peru. We saw the kids being empowered. We saw the parents going to the kids and ask for advice because the kids could use the computer and find the prices of the crop or the weather the next day or things like that. And uh, something that they couldn't do before. So um, I think that we changed a lot of lives there and it was a very successful project. Was it ever going to be a commercial success? No, we never. We, we sold it at cost. It was probably the most elaborate demo the Media Lab put together, but none of us had any dreams of building computers for living. Okay. So, this is Yannis Rizopoulos broadcasting for Tech Talk Central from Athens Science Festival 2016. Thank you very much, Michalis Bletras. Thank you very much. You are very welcome, Yannis. You're listening to Tech Talk Central.